0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Hi. Oh, hey, how's it going? It's Yumi here. What's that? Oh, your world's looking a little different right now. (laughs) And it's been insane.
2: Um, What does my corona shitstorm look like? Well, I have four kids. That should probably answer that without further
0: elaboration. Things are changing quite rapidly for us.
3: Last Thursday, I was told that I would be losing my job.
0: Um, I was made redundant
4: thanks to the
3: coronavirus.
4: I'm hanging out in my bedroom,
1: hiding from the kids, really. Yeah, since we last caught up, the world has shifted, maybe three or five degrees on the axis of crazy. At least, that's how it's feeling in my house. <laughs> This is coronavirus lockdown Stein style. You know the one where your children are going mad, sending you mad, actually both. Or maybe it's the one where your housemate isn't observing social distancing properly. Or the one where you've realised that your partner makes an intolerable noise whenever he eats a banana. Or is it the one where you're living alone, and the sight of your four-bedroom walls, which used to be so comforting, is now making you feel imprisoned? I tell you, if there were ever a time for the sisterhood, it feels like right about now. I'm Yumi Steins, ladies. Whew, we need to talk about getting through the coronavirus shit show. Well, if we thought the gender pay gap was tough, birth control sucked and our lagging libidos were hard to handle, life just got a whole lot more
2: challenging.
4: I had to tell my
1: six-year-old yesterday
4: that his birthday party is cancelled.
2: How the hell am I going to homeschool four kids? Our internet has completely shut itself now that everyone's trying to get on Netflix
5: and I've gone back to uni. So it's... Uh... Day six for me of working from home and day one of having my preschooler at home with me.
1: It doesn't matter who you are or what you do, we're all affected by coronavirus. And look, this is unprecedented. We don't really have a template for how to cope. The worries and stresses about how we're going to make our lives work, well,
6: how do we do it? aim for survival over perfection this is not a time to be trying to reach your best heights either as a parent or as a worker or or in any in any sense we are actually talking about survival about how to get through how to survive a marathon That's Dr. Jackie Winship, who's a clinical psychologist.
1: We asked you to tell us what your corona shitshow lockdown looks like, and we're going to put those problems to Jackie to get her advice and help. First, Jackie says now, more than ever, we need to lower our
6: standards. I think a lot of people are sort of focused on well how can we make this time, you know, perfect? How can we have these neat schedules for ourselves and our kids and you know, still keep everything going exactly as normal. But it's not normal. I don't know about you, but I really needed to hear
1: that. Turning on Bluey right now. Do 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 dad. That bandit is kind of hot, right? But look, our expectations are so high. And the other thing that a lot of you told us was the feeling of panic. How do you switch that off?
6: I think the first thing is to recognize that it is panic and to be able to name it. You know, when we can name something, it becomes something that we can look at from the outside as well as experiencing it from the inside. And that gives us a sense of being able to reflect on it and make it more manageable for ourselves a lot of the time you know when we're experiencing panic we sort of try to push it away and push it away but it's actually better to sort of sit down and take stock of it and recognize it for what it is and to validate it that in certain circumstances with this we are going to feel panic that doesn't you know mean that we're losing it or going crazy But we obviously want to then put in place things that can help to calm us. We want to sort of drop anchor in a way because when you're sort of in really turbulent times and are feeling panicky, things that will stabilise you, that will help to ground you in the moment and in your lives are helpful. I can say
1: that in recent days I've felt panicked, trapped, devastated and grief-filled as well as the good old-fashioned exhausted And maybe just having words for those feelings helps. The other thing that quite a few of you got in touch with us about was your partners. (laughs) Now, some of us are spending more time with our partners than we ever have in our whole entire relationships. It's revealing. I asked Dr. Jackie, is it normal to kind of
6: hate your partner all the time during a pandemic? I think it is, yes. I think, you know, there's that whole thing about familiarity breeds contempt. (laughs) uh, When you can't get enough space from one another, it's easy to get very grumpy and irritable with each other. And it's also easy to sort of want to project blame somewhere. Mm. Um, So we're, we're all, you know, doing it tough, and we kind of want to project that blame onto something or someone. And Our partners often tend to be the most obvious, closest targets for that. And I think if you can just acknowledge that to yourself and with them, that, look, this is going to be difficult. We are going to perhaps snap at each other. We are going to say things maybe we don't mean. We've really got to cut each other a lot of slack because it's just about making it through.
1: Okay, what about this one? A lot of days I wish that I didn't have kids, especially my two little ones who are such hard work.
6: Yeah, Uh, you know much though we love our children we don't always enjoy them (laughs) and I think there's a lot of pressure on mothers to feel like they should be enjoying them every minute of the day that you know we should be feeling so privileged to have them and at one level we sort of know that we are and at another level it's not very scintillating to have the company of a three-year-old all day really kind of, again, not going to guilt and self-blame about the feelings that you get, to know that they're normal and you've got to kind of be, be kind to yourself and to know that it doesn't make you a bad mother. Jackie, I have had a drinking problem for
1: years and I'm sober and I feel pretty strong in that right now, but I admit that I'm also feeling more tempted to drink than I have in years. So of a, course, a couple of things. How do I stay sober in these incredibly testing times? And how about all those other people who maybe had a mild drinking habit that is really spiralling into something bigger right now? And I'm seeing so much of this among people I know. Yeah,
6: I think it really is... A problem over this time you know for people who already have a drinking problem it's so much harder when you're stuck at home and you don't have any of your usual sort of coping mechanisms to rely on to be able to stay sober and even for the average person there's perhaps a tendency to begin drinking earlier in the day when you've been home all day and to rely on alcohol to sort of self-medicate your anxiety with this I would say really trying to work out healthy coping mechanisms for home things that can sort of be a substitute for drinking and especially for that sort of danger time of day you know the sort of suicide hour towards the end of the day when it's time to get children baths and ready for bed and dinner on the table and, you know, a glass of wine or a bottle of wine looks incredibly appealing. To think about what could you do instead at that time. You know, could you actually have a friend on speakerphone that you can talk to while you're cooking the dinner? You know, could you take the kids out and go for a walk? Are there other things that that you can do? For people who are trying not to drink at all, I guess not having alcohol in the house is a really important thing at a time like this.
1: Got it. And for the record, alcohol-free beer and soda water and some pretty daggy exercise apps are what's keeping me from succumbing. Now I want you to meet Lulu.
5: I've got so much more appreciation for school teachers and childcare workers because I am tired.
1: Lulu is 34 and she's isolating at home with two small kids. In her old life... Remember that? She used to enjoy soccer in the park as her way to unwind. But now she spends her spare time driving around the neighbourhood listening to music to get away from the kids.
5: It's going to be very difficult. I mean, I'm working from home trying to, and my four-year-old just needs constant uh, attention. I tried snacks, I tried frozen, we did puzzles, we, there was books. And it was just like, mommy this, mommy that, mommy, 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 mommy. But yes, this is going to be a very long, 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 long experiment, really. It is, because I have no idea what I'm doing with the kids, if the kids have to stay home seven days a week with me. I think I'm going to go crazy. And I've only got three bottles of wine left in the fridge, so, uh, yeah. Lulu is all of us.
1: Dr. Jackie says, realistically, Lulu probably needs to drop her standards for
6: what she can achieve at work. I think, you know, most workplaces would understand that these are exceptional times. Asking people to work from home, you know, we're all kind of doing that for the good of society, but we can't all be expected to perform at the same level. In family circumstances, she can put in place all those sort of things around trying to tag team with a partner if there's one there or trying to, you know, use a little bit of screen time or, you know, encouraging a four year old to stay out of the room while she's working. But she's also going to have to just live with some of the mess of it. I, I mean, I can't even go to the toilet without one of the kids bashing on the door. Yeah, yeah. It's really difficult. You just can't get any space and time for yourself. Mm. And, you know, for a lot of people, going out to work is sort of a bit of an escape from that. Totally. You know, they get to have their adult time in their workplaces. And all of a sudden, that's been taken away from them. And it is hard just being able to acknowledge that it's hard, that you have to do it regardless. And that you need to make it as easy for yourself as you can so that you can all survive this period. Having kids clawing at the toilet door or partners needing us
1: right at that moment when we have literally nothing left to give is, depending on how pissed off you're feeling, it's actually a privilege. Lots of us are single. And in spite of the fantasy that all this downtime and privacy is going to lead to an orgy of productivity and we will write the new King Lear or learn to rap like Cardi B, the reality is isolation as a single person presents
6: its own challenges. It's sometimes harder even when you're alone to keep some kind of normal routine going. There's less sort of imperative to have to get up at the same time of day or have meals cooked So for those people, I would recommend sort of trying to keep some kind of routine going because I think it anchors us. But having some sort of routine to hang your hat on, I think, can be helpful. And then really importantly is to try and stay in connection with others.
1: My routine at the moment seems to consist mostly of staring into my phone while falling into a yawning pit of existential horror 10 times a day. Just kidding. More like 40 times a day. For most of us in Australia, the biggest impact COVID-19 is having on us so far is that it's making our worlds shrink drastically. This is Maddie. I'm starting to wonder when this is ever going to
4: end. I had to tell my six-year-old yesterday that his birthday party is cancelled and he asked me a bunch of questions about when he's going back to school and when he can see his mates and... And can we do an Easter hunt and and look for chocolate eggs at the park down the street? And I didn't have any answers and I burst into tears. It's really um, hard Uh, and I think my big question is if we go further and if we really can't leave the house, how do you keep any time for yourself? How do you get into any headspace? I'm really terrible at, you know, meditation or any of that stuff at the best of times. And I think switching off when there are two little kids in the house and my husband's in the house and I'm
1: in the house, I don't know how that works or, or how that looks. Maddie is still working in an office a couple of days a week. And Dr. Jackie's advice is that's where she'll get her peace.
6: I would be encouraging her to make some time for herself during the day when she is out of the home to actually, you know, take a proper lunch time and um, do some things for herself. I think that surrendering to the fact that it's probably going to be a bit of bedlam when she does go home is going to be more helpful than sort of hanging on to the idea that she's going to be able to achieve the impossible I think part of this whole coronavirus crisis, it brings us up against our limitations, you know, even just our limitations as a species to be able to survive a virus or come up with some kind of instant solution to it or vaccine or, you know, that we've really had to accept that there are limitations to what we can do. And I think in her situation also accepting that there are limitations to how much time she's going to be able to get for herself in those circumstances.
1: You hear that, Maddie? Get your piece at work while it's still open and there's still time.
0: Feeling a bit lost because I'm feeling in a bit of a holding pattern.
1: This is Monique, who's dealing with something a lot of people can relate to, cancelling an event. The other day she had to remove the
0: word wedding from her calendar. I think one of the hardest things has been everyone asking me are you okay how are you coping it's so stressful but just asking me not asking my husband to be Tom's a guy he's fine he'll get along, on with it and I'm the emotional one I'm the I'm the one who's this is my wedding I've been planning my wedding but it's it's really it's both of us and and that's probably been the hardest thing, having to shoulder the emotional burden on my own in the eyes of others. That's probably getting to me psychologically more than actually having to shoulder the burden of of rescheduling a wedding. So, yeah, that's been pretty tough.
6: Firstly, I feel really sorry for her. But secondly, I think, you know, she has to sort of communicate quite clearly that it's not helpful for her. Because people are asking because... They're kind of wanting to be kind, I guess. They're wanting to acknowledge that this is really tough for her and give her the opportunity to share her feelings. But clearly for her, that's not helpful. She's, she doesn't want to be talking about it 24-7 with everybody. And I think she needs to communicate that directly just to say thanks for your concern. But actually, I'd prefer not to talk about it. I'd prefer to just focus on getting on with things at the moment.
2: Hi, ladies, we need to talk. My name is Kylie, and I'm two days off turning 45, which will be a celebration that no doubt will happen via a Zoom dance party. What does my corona shitstorm look like? Well, I have four kids. That should probably answer that without further elaboration, but I will. My eldest one is currently doing VCE. Uh, He's very diligent, so he is trying to get online and do the necessary work to keep up. My 14 year old is constantly eating and he just interrupted me to ask if I could braid his hair because it will look cool when it's all curly. Thank you very much. The 11 year old is doing scooter tricks and of all my kids, he's the one who's gonna break something. So no doubt he's gonna clog that emergency system unnecessarily. But for my own sanity, he needs to be outside doing something physical. And my nine-year-old is losing her shit over a persuasive text she's trying to write about why kids should do homework. My husband also works from home in IT, so our internet has completely shat itself now that everyone's trying to get on Netflix. In addition to all of this, I am a freelance writer and I've gone back to uni. I'm trying to watch lectures remotely while being constantly interrupted, And also, it takes me about three hours to watch a one-hour lecture because the internet is terrible. As far as what I'd ask a psychologist, how do we maintain healthy mental health when the threat of physical and financial stresses are overwhelming? And you're trying not to let your kids feed off that. So they can't play with their friends. We can't socialise. Humans are used to being connected. You know, the virtual connection is great, but it's not quite the same. Anyway, we'll do what we have to to get through. The good thing is we're all in the same boat. Thanks for listening. So in case you missed
1: it
6: earlier, Dr. Jackie's advice for Kylie is... Aim for survival over perfection. This is not a time to be trying to reach your best height. We can't hear this enough, ladies. Did you get it?
1: Aim for survival over perfection. Jackie says, surrender to the madness and bunker down into survival mode. Also Kylie, happy freaking birthday. Speaking of survival mode, I want you to meet Beck.
3: Hi everyone, um, my name is Beck, and I'm a single mother to a five-year-old girl. Last Thursday, I was told that I would be losing my job and that I would be off work indefinitely with no pay. As a single parent, it's sort of impossible to work from home with a five-year-old and a five-year-old that's been raised in a single-parent household as an only child. You know, she is emotionally really needy, really clingy. I'm all she's got here. There's no other parent to sort of swing in and just do a bit of homeschooling or do some Zumba in the bedroom or something, it's all about me and her. So I still have no idea how I'm going to financially manage, but, hey, I I reckon we're all in the shit. Um, I guess I would like to figure out how I can get my heart out of my throat at the moment. I'm really... I feel like I'm fluctuating emotionally so much that's I feel sometimes like I'm going to be sick. <laughs> I'm in extreme existential crisis mode one minute and weirdly okay the next. And I, I don't know what that's doing to my brain. I feel like I am <sighs> scattered and um, it's pretty exhausting. And I just don't want to feed my kids uh, sort of neurosis of what all this other stuff that's going on as well. I don't want to upset her with more stuff because I'm in emotional turmoil and financial turmoil and psychological turmoil. So any advice around that would be great. Anyway, um, sending love and thanks. Can I just
1: take a sec to say thank you to Beck. Thanks for sharing. You're saying what a lot of people are feeling. And Beck, by the way, is not alone. The Australian government reckons at least 1 million people could be made unemployed because of coronavirus. If this is you, there are job seeker payments, stimulus payments and coronavirus supplements that you may be eligible for. I know a lot of people in Beck's situation and others who feel their jobs are under threat. This is Dr Jackie's advice.
6: You know, what I would say to people around losing their jobs in these current circumstances is to really focus on the fact that they're the victim of, you know, extreme circumstances, that it's not some kind of reflection on their worth or their competence. In terms of her sort of panic and level of anxiety, I'd be encouraging her to focus on things day by day and to put together whatever plan she can and to keep coming back to that plan. I'd also really encourage her to reach out to others for help, um, whether that's sort of emotional or psychological help or whether it's practical help in terms of, you know, speaking to her landlord about a rent reduction or rent freeze and really sort of using the resources that are out there that the government have put out or that she might be able to muster for herself to help her to sort of feel like she can build a bit of a bridge between now and when work is more likely to be. A possibility for herself
1: she wants to know how she can shield her five-year-old from those feelings what's your advice
6: there's a lot of debate around whether with children we should sort of shield them from everything especially financial worries or whether it's okay for them to kind of know that there's something going on and again I come back to the idea of it depends on the age of the children how much you would share with them and how much you shield them But I would suspect that her five-year-old is going to be acutely aware that something's going on. The five-year-old will have picked up that mum is stressed and anxious because we can't actually mask that completely and that it's better then to have some kind of a conversation and acknowledge it and address it than to not speak about it and the child starts to sort of imagine into that space and perhaps get even more concerned because of that. You know, engaging her five-year-old and saying, look, things are a bit tougher at the moment. Many people are doing it tough. We're going to be okay, but in the short term, you know, we might have to make some sacrifices. This is what the plan is. You know, encouraging the child as much as possible to be a part of the solution as well as sharing the problem with them. But obviously you're not going to want to download on your five-year-old, you know, all your anxieties and your worst fears. You're wanting to give it the information to them in a way that helps them to feel like the situation is manageable, that you're going to cope.
0: Hi, ladies. My current Show has been um, a long time coming. I want you to meet Talia, who
1: recently lost her job as a travel writer. She's at home with her partner, who still does have work, which is creating a real friction between them.
0: It's been really difficult. My partner's been in isolation with me now for over a week and his life is not super unchanged. He's still working full time. He's working out of an office at our home which is really great. He's an app developer and means that he can do his work pretty much anywhere that he has a computer and internet which is really really good in this situation where everyone's needing to work from home and things like that but It has meant that I've got this constant reminder. I hear him all day and he's on his video calls and he's doing his work and it's like a little stab every time I hear him being like, you don't have a job and you're unemployed and there's nothing you can do about it because nobody is hiring because the world is seemingly crumbling around you. And it's seen a real change in our domestic duties as well. I feel like I'm not contributing enough to the household because I no longer have a job. And I need to up that, so I need to do more cleaning and I need to do more cooking and I can't expect him to do anything because he's had to work eight hours a day, so I need to make sure that I'm doing more than my fair weight. And so that's difficult. So it's been a lot. I'm hoping that I will get employment again soon. I'm experiencing Centrelink for the first time, which is really scary and a huge beast to try and understand and get everything that I need in order to receive payments and it's just a lot to process.
1: Losing a job is a lot to process, especially when our sense of self-worth is often tied to what we do. It can also create a real sense of worry. This is Dr. Jackie's take on how to deal with persistent worry.
6: I'd really encourage people to worry well, but worry once. And by that, I mean, you know, worry well, give yourself time to actually think about what is the problem, um, what's going on and to generate potential plans for dealing with that and to come up with the best plan that you can. And it won't be a perfect one because we're not in a, you know, we're certainly not living in perfect circumstances. But you want to try to only worry once. You don't want to be caught in a sort of obsessive loop where the worry is going round and round in your head and you keep thinking it through again and again. And then keep directing yourself back to what you've already come up with so that you don't get caught in that loop. So when the worry comes back into your head, to remind yourself, actually, I've done the worrying already. There is a plan there. Let me just follow the plan. Worry,
1: dread, fear, grief, they're all feelings I've had in the last 48 hours. And it's really hard to switch off from that, especially when it feels like a freight train is about to hit. But as Dr. Jackie says, turning off our worry is something that'll see us through. And for what it's worth, I got anti-anxiety medication from my GP last week without even seeing her. GPs in Australia have accelerated their telehealth consulting abilities. So you now may be able to see your GP over the phone without actually having to go in, in person. And I said to her, I'm not usually an anxious person. And she said to me, you're not usually in a pandemic, Yumi. Jackie is not the only person with advice on how to take the edge off. You do. We asked you to help out a fellow sister and you've come through.
2: What takes the edge off? Well, it's probably politically incorrect, but I have to say maths and nightly red wine. Funny videos are good. And I have to say I've been hiding in the laundry and folding a lot of
0: washing. For me, this is the time for love in the time of corona. I think the lesson here is to slow down, ground down, as confronting as that can be. I think there's real beauty in discovering the depth of love in each of us. We don't need to go far to find it.
4: Probably, if there's anything that's working for me at the moment, is that I can still go to the park and go for a run and get slightly out of the house.
0: Um, My partner plays video games and I've started playing some of them with him and that's been a really great way me to sort of zone out from the world and playing life simulation games kind of helps me feel like everything's a little bit normal, even though it's super, super not.
3: I'm just liking little moments that I get now. I've rediscovered the joy of just having a really beautiful Earl Grey tea and sitting down and doing that silly noise after I have that sip because it's so nice and it feels like it's soothing my soul.
1: Can I cry on this podcast? Surely I can by now. I think we know each other pretty well after all this time, even if it is our first episode of a new season. See, I got emotions and a plug in there. (laughs) Because, look, I want to be honest, TikTok videos, Donald Glover dropping a new record and tiny sprouts in my veggie pots, it's actually not enough from stopping me wanting to run out onto the street screaming and flailing in a hair-tearing frenzy. So if there's a sister out there who's doing it tough, Give her a call or FaceTime or organise a house party on an app, of course. I've made an effort to ring mates every single day, friends I haven't spoken to in ages, and I've actually realised that I haven't called them for so long because they're massive assholes. That was a joke. They don't really <laughs> No, it's been really great and I have this vision of a few months' time when we all stumble from our homes, we're squinting in the sunlight and we fall into each other's arms with hearts that are a little more bonded. There's a lesson here. Maybe we'll have learnt how important people, healthcare, love and wage equity is. Next time on ladies, we're going to be talking about anxiety. Meantime, if you can, have a listen to Mindfully, which has just released special meditations all about helping you get through coronavirus. If you're a parent, listen to Parental as Anything with Maggie Dent, who has released an episode about how you can steer kids through this tricky time. And if you urgently need to chat, you can reach Lifeline on three triple You can reach Centrelink on one three two eight five o. But best bet is to lodge an intent to claim via your MyGov account, which if you haven't already, is easy enough to set up. And if you feel like dropping us a line, we actually really love hearing from you. Send an email to ladies at abc.net.au. Ladies is mixed by Anne-Marie de It's produced by Jane Curtis. Supervising producer is Cassandra Steith and our executive producer is Justine Kelly. This series was created by Claudine Ryan. The manager of Audio Studios is Kelly Reardon.